Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. Inshallah. Uh, we have with us uh, Brother Uthman Badr, who is media representative for Hizb Tahrir. Uh, and we're going to ask him a few questions. The thing is, I did not want this show to be one opinion. Um, there are some things that I disagree with and arose about, but uh, I just wanted there to be more than one opinion, inshallah. Uh, but we're going to grill the crap out of Brother Uthman, and uh, I'm sure he can stand up to us, inshallah. Brother Uthman, salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for. Hey, oh, sorry. Sorry, no, yeah. still your microphone. No worries. Um, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. So, Rala Uthman, it seems like at this time there's a lot of tension, defensiveness, and lashing out, especially within some elements of the youth. So, what do you think about young people rejecting decisions made by the majority of the community leaders? And what do you think about them insulting those community leaders? <coughs> I was quite a few questions there. I might yeah, start with sorry. the. That's all right. I might start with the um, the last one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's an obvious one that um, uh, insults insulting anyone is is uh, you know looked down upon in Islam and particularly uh, mashayikh or, or or leaders in the community. So that's a, that's I think that's a very clear answer. No one should be going down that path. Uh, the second last question. <clears throat> or really, I mean, the the premise. The premise to that you mentioned in the beginning about lots of people being defensive and lashing out, uh, I think in this whole sort of scenario, we find that um, I think a lot of the focus has been on certain negative aspects, and I, and I mean this across the board. So even I mean, even with respect to this idea that Muslims uh, have reacted violently or this or that. And do you think that's the certain negative aspect that's been focused on? I think that's one of them. That's one of them. So, for example, in the media, we find the narrative is, and even some Muslims have 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 sort of pushed this that Muslims have reacted in the wrong way. But the reality is, ninety five percent of Muslims have reacted in the right way. Ninety nine point nine nine. Probably that. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Actually, so it's the same thing. I, I don't think again. I, I would question the premise that youth have been lashing out or doing this or that. Um, as for community decision, I think that's a much more tricky area. I think we've yeah. had a show in the past here about about leadership and unity, and you know we know what happens in Ramadan. So I think that issue really, there's a deeper question there. Who who are the leaders in the community? Um, you know, what are the mechanisms of decision-making and are they binding or not? And these are much deeper questions that uh, require their own time. Absolutely. What do you think is a good way for Muslims to respond to that video? I think there should be a strong uh, response. Uh, of course, it should be intellectual and political. What I mean by that is, you know, intellectually that means raising awareness about who the Prophet was, um, uh, telling people, you know, in the UK people gave out biographies of the Prophet and that's a very good idea. At the same time, I think a strong political response is very important as well, protesting. I think there should be protests. And again, I think there were protests in the Muslim world and by and large they were 
peaceful um, and they did communicate the message, but there were elements here and there that the, the outcome of which was not desirable. And I think the focus has gone there, which is unfortunate. But I think it's important because, I mean, the alternative view is, look, uh, we should just ignore it for a number of reasons, which maybe we can touch upon. But I think what that would do is we have to think about where that's going to lead. Well, well, what you, so, so what would be the ramifications of ignoring it? That's right. Well, the ramifications would be, in the end, people would become more audacious and it would become commonplace in the West. I mean, in the West, at a starting point, there is no real sacred as such. And the way we find Jesus, or Isa alayhi salam, uh, ridiculed or satirized commonly, uh, it would seem to happen with, with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But but don't you think that uh, this is what they really wanted to get a, to get that response by by posting something very prog- prog- uh, provocative? I mean that depends. Um, but again, this is a separate issue. Sure. I think if we ignore, that's the path we're looking at, and we have to consider that. As for what they intended from this, um, they I think they intend to provoke. They do intend to provoke, and that's why there needs to be a reaction, but not this type. So I don't think I don't, I don't think the intentive. The motivation was to get Muslims to be violent. Um, and that you wouldn't be able in a position to achieve that in the first place. But I think it was to provoke. But we have to consider our position. So there's a that's, there's a position of the one who is instigating. But then there's our position. What's the, what's what is the position of Islam when the Prophet being insulted? What are we meant to do? What are our various options? What would the what, what would the outcomes be if we took option A and not B or C? So from that perspective, I think the motivation of the instigators not all that relevant. Um, and, and, and even and it's in also within the scope of speculation as to what what exactly it was. Absolutely. In terms of your response just then, I noticed you said we could, you know, we need a political response such as protesting. The other option is to ignore it. But is it really a choice of those two options? Would not another response to be engaged in positive dawah, like you mentioned, um, distributing out, yeah, the, the, the biographies? Yeah. And what would be? What is the outcome of protesting? Like, what what is hopes? What is the best case outcome? Okay. Um, well, I mean, as you said, as I mentioned, I mentioned intellectual and political. So I'm saying it needs to be two pronged. Mm. But the, we have to appreciate that they achieve different objectives. So the da'wah achieves the objective of, uh, you know, getting the message out there amongst the grassroots, amongst non-Muslims in the society. That's something we should be doing anyway. But I think this gives us another reason, another excuse, even to do that uh, and I think that needs to be done but that's not the response that I think is imp- that is required politically at the political level and that's because again I think if we can touch upon this perhaps a bit later that if we look at the context it's more than an individual it's more than an individual and if we appreciate that then you, you understand why, why there needs to be a political response as to what it achieves that's a good question a lot of people ask that you know what do you achieve when you go and protest you shout you, you scream but I mean, you, I don't mean protesting in general. I mean this specific in Australia, protesting this film. What is achieved by doing that? Well, I think we can talk about the film when we come to the question uh, yeah. uh, later on about uh, you know the context of the film. But the question about protesting anywhere, I think, is 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 the same idea. What do you achieve when you go out there? Um, I think we have to appreciate here that a lot is achieved, but just because it's not practical or tangible. People sometimes don't give it its due recognition. Um, you know, for example, a lot of time politicians are merely testing the waters. They'll do something. For example, we saw in the past, you know, uh, politicians testing the waters as to the burqa ban. And if you're quiet, you ignore it, you can just say, oh, look, the mainstream politicians, they're not with this. They're trying to test you. Or you can show them it's a signal. It shows a signal. That's one thing. The other thing I think very important from the Islamic perspective 
if you if you notice, for example, the, the hadith of Prophet ﷺ, that whosoever of you sees an evil, let him change it with his hand. And if he can't, then with his tongue. And we have to appreciate that you don't change a thing with your tongue. But you what just, does it mean? See, the thing is, uh, I want you to be very clear on this. Because sure. when you say with, with his hand, yep. there are people out there who understand that with his hand means with violence. Uh, no, is this what you mean? In this context, I'm talking about the second part of the hadith. You've got to be very careful about this, bro, and you've got to mention it specifically every time because we don't want to be, uh, you know, dancing on eggs. I don't know if that's an expression. Sending the wrong message. Sending the yeah, wrong yeah, message. I don't think. Dancing on eggs. I don't think we should underestimate. I don't think we should underestimate the intelligence of, of, of you know, Muslims and our well, youth. Subhanallah, bro. Violence was, was uh, you know, uh, violence happened last weekend and there's a chance of violence happening this weekend. This is not about underestimating the uh, intelligence of the Muslim community. This is about being clear hmm. to everyone out there listening yep. that the violence is not something we're talking about in the last week or in this week. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And I think, I think we're going to come to that. But the question asked was the point of a protest. Yes. And I'm saying that, yeah, you may not see a tangible result but if we look to the example of the Prophet he's telling us if you can't change something by your hand, then change it by your tongue. So the point of a pro- one of the points of a protest is to change something by your tongue, i.e. to speak out against it. And we know one of the key tenets of our religion is to forbid the evil. Again, forbidding the evil is not changing it. It's merely speaking out against it. Yep. And the benefit that has is once you speak out against it, you know, you, you create that awareness. You, you create the platform where you can then work towards doing whatever is within your capacity to actually changing it. Jazakumullah um, A lot of commentators have noticed, uh, noted that uh, the violence that occurred in the weekend, um, it should be underst- understood within a context of dispossession and uh, disadvantage. Uh, one very good um, article by Michael Muhammad Knight um, was comparing the sensitivity of the West towards the protests um, as a, a, a schoolyard bully who punches you in the face, breaks your jaw, swears at your mother, and then is upset that you're, you know, very angry from him swearing at your mother. That it's, a, you know, a continuous cycle of, of oppression, um, direct and indirect, uh, that leads to this sort of anger. Yeah. But by saying this, uh, there is sort of an understanding that this explanation or this, this outcome uh, outlook excuses the violence. It exonerates those who act violently by saying that, well, they've got the right to be violent because of this and this and this. Um, so does this actually uh, mean that those people who talk like this or who, who give this uh, point of view, including uh, yourself, mm. does that mean that you condone the violence that happened? Do you give it any sort of um, credibility or um, um, validity? Look, absolutely not. I mean, I think that's just one of the excuses used by by media and by politicians to, to, to push the focus away. And that's why, for me, that's really the question. Where do you want to put the focus? And what you find, for example, in my, in my, I've had many media interviews on this issue and I brought out the real issues, but I also said in almost every single one that we don't condone violent protest. And so and when that's w- never put out there, is it? No, well, well, in the live interviews it is because they can't change it. No but and in, even in others they did put it out. But the point is, when they come back and say, "Well, as soon as you say that, you're justifying it," the point is they don't want those issues to be raised. And that's why we have to we have to work even stronger and, and even more uh, diligently to make sure that the focus is on those issues. Otherwise. What's the alternative, right? You, you keep trying to, you keep trying to make sure that no, no, we're against the violence, we're against violence, we do this, we condemn that. In the end, you've lost the whole point. The whole point was that that, that analogy you used, the bully has gotten away with it, because as soon as you you mention his bullying, people say, oh, we're justifying the 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 you know the meager response of the person that was bullied. So yes, we need to be out there saying that we don't condone violent protests, but that sh- really, for me, that should be the footnote to 
pushing the focus back onto where it really needs to go. Because even from the, even from the angle of working for a solution, you know, are we interested in a solution or are we interested in really in commentating on an event? I think um, something that um, is, is not um, maybe not understood or not noticed by a lot of the people who take this argument is the fact that there is a real danger out there of a very strong uh, backlash against the Muslim community. Now we can talk about how this, um, you know, what in this indicates about Australian society. This is something that we can talk about later on. Mm. But at this point, is it not clear that if we don't contain the issue and absorb it um, while not forgetting the other issues, just focusing on these issues at this stage, mm. we're saving the Muslim community a lot of harm? Look, you can look at it that way, um, and, and there might be a validity to that argument, but I think, again, the question is, okay, there's a harm out there. Who's this harm from? There's a certain section of the wider community that is not that rational. They may be emotional. They will, res they will respond to what they saw emotionally. But the point here is, let's say the whole community... You know, or a large part of the community condemns and be very, very clear. But these people are not, not going to say, oh, you know what, the Muslim community is, they're all condemning it, so that things are fine now. They're going to say, what they do say, there's radicals and there's moderates, or there's radicals and there's the rest of the people. Okay, you guys are fine, but these guys are not, and we're going to respond anyway. So my point is, we have to put our finger on where that Islamophobic element comes from. Does it come from the fact that all the Muslims are not condemning and, you know, coming in line? as the media and the politicians want them to be? Or is it because there's underlying factors? There's racism, there's, you know, uh, the environment that's created because of media, the constant attention of Islam, negative attention, is it because of that? So if we can, if we can pinpoint the drivers, then we can start talking about, okay, how do we, how do we deal with this uh, most appropriately? And this is actually something that's very interesting about how to gauge the, the uh, I guess, the Islamophobia or the, uh, you know, non-Muslim Australians, um, uh, capability of understanding who's good and who's not uh, mm. and inshallah we're going to do a show in the future uh, about addressing these issues about engaging with these communities and talking to them about this how effective it is that the you know uh, media uh, the, the muslim leadership's media engagement is or not uh, sorry amar um, i interrupted you so i'll just let you ask your question now Oh, no, no, I just wanted to ask uh, Brother Osman if um, do you agree with the labels but from the media how how they label us like uh, okay you've got a moderate and you've got um, the other side of the, the spectrum do you agree with the labels absolutely not no absolutely yeah. not and that's why I, I I always avoid those labels when I'm doing media interviews and in most of our most of our day we seek to avoid those sort of labels because they're designed to divide the community um, but my point was that from the angle of the of this you know the non-Muslim from whom the danger comes, even with non-Muslim, I want to generalize, there are, there's, there's a portion out there that the, that the danger comes from. They, For them, that's how they look at it, right? So some of them believe Islam is the problem. Others believe, you know, yeah, Muslims are good, Islam is peace, but it's only some of them and others are not. So they use these labels. We have to understand how they use them. But for us, we, we need to reject them and, and not, uh, not give them any legitimacy because they don't have legitimacy as far as Islam is concerned. Uh, do you think that the focus of uh, the real issue, that is the offence on the video, has um, implicitly encouraged people to to protest um, to protest uh, violently and emotionally? Is a, is a good choice? No, again, look, I don't think those people who are going to go down the path of violence on either side are waiting there and, and, and you know dissecting arguments and seeing who's saying what and waiting for press releases. Really, that's not the drivers of any of this. Uh, and therefore, for us, we need to we need to keep that in mind. And we need to consider everything. Again, there's two options here. We can either make everything about the potential response and the image of the community, 
or we can consider the whole thing. In the end, there's all the, there's there's the Muslim brothers here that are being uh, dealt with in a wrong way. What happened to their presumption of innocence? What happened to you know the fact that they should be given a fair trial before everyone says that they're wrong? Uh, you know what happened to police provocation and making sure that this is investigated properly? Who started the violence? So we have to consider all of that, and uh, and I think that's very important. Uh, bro, just um, this question, I, I want to make it very clear that uh, the major, I mean, all of the Muslim leadership or 99.99% of the Muslim leadership out in Australia have advised against going to any protest this weekend. Um, there was also a, uh, a viral text message uh, campaign going out about some da'wah um, um, campaigns in, in uh, Parramatta and in, in uh, uh, Town Hall in, in Sydney CBD. Um, these places have been contacted. There's nothing um, organized in that way. So this is probably just a provocation or, uh, you know, a trap to get people in there to get some sort of trouble happening. Um, this is the time. I think there was a hadith. Prophet says, if the the fitna comes to your cities, then lock yourselves at home and cry for your mistakes. I don't know what if this is a sahih hadith or not. Um, but <laughs> so I can see Uthman is not happy with that hadith. No, no, no. I just think you. What I'm what I'm saying here is. Don't go to the city. Don't go to Parramatta. It's not going to be something positive. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just going to bring problems with it because that's what these uh, protests are planned for today. They're not planned for a protest, planned for a riot, a uh, big um, trouble in Little China. And sort even of. if they're not planned on the Muslim side, in, if, even if they are planned peacefully, certainly non-Muslim response of a certain section of the non-Muslim community is for a violent response, no matter what the Muslims are planning. So um, uh, this is something that I also want you to address as well. Uh, in your opinion, uh, should it be that um, the, the Muslim community or any of the Muslim community should go to any protest this weekend? We're not talking about general protest. That's yeah, everybody's yeah. Uh, choice. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree. I think it's very important that we, uh, even, when we even when we say we should protest, we say responsibly and you have to be responsible. So, for example, if there's a if there's you know messages going around that uh, non-Muslims are going to get Muslim dogs and do all this and that, having a counter rally to that is very irresponsible. You know, you're gonna it's gonna lead to the wrong thing. Having said that, I think it's very important that we don't. And this is why I was smiling when you said that because I, I think we're blowing things out of proportion here to some extent by applying those sort of a hadith or these things. For example, the Parramatta example. I know the brothers who come out Parramatta every week is just the dawah table, and they've been doing it for a while. So this is not. I'm so talking about a, a viral text message I that, campaign. I, I saw that text message, and I know the brothers send it, and they've been doing this for the last three or four months. So oh, that's my point. We we can cast our net very wide because we're alarmed, uh, and get everyone inside this and say no protest, no this, no that. I think that's it's overreacting. But yes, do your response. Be very responsible. Know if you want to do something. What else is happening? And consider the implications because in the end, you want to get a message across. You don't want to create more chaos and havoc okay we've actually got about two minutes so inshallah going to ask this very question from sister hanan hamza uh this is on the facebook page do you think that the muslims gave this film free advertising do we always have to give these vile things oxygen isn't there a time that we should uh, not respond and ignore this is something else that's very interesting the fact that the movie when it first showed it had about five thousand or so views now it has 10 million views within a week it is more popular than the rebecca black friday video <laughs> And I think the point of the question is, do you think there is ever a time, whether it is this time or another time, is there ever a time when we should not respond, we should just ignore it? I think there is. I think absolutely there is. But you're only, you're only able to dif- distinguish between the times that you should ignore and the time you should not when you take everything into account. Uh, and I think we haven't been able to get to the question about the, the real bigger issues. And once we consider that, 
then I think we can. But yeah, you know, if someone, some loony in Australia does something, they have done it in the past, we don't need to respond. But even on this question, right, advertising for the movie, is it because the Muslims react or is it because the media picked up on that reaction and spilled it everywhere? Who, 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 Chicken who? or egg. Yeah, that's right, right? So, I mean, I've given an example with some of my interviews of incidents in Perth that took place very, very similar objectively to what happened in Sydney, but no one knows about that. Even in Australia, most people won't know about that. So is it because of the individuals Look, or is it because um, of the With media? all due respect, I think a lot of people out there are not going to agree with you. The fact is, over the years, over the last 30 years, from the satanic verses until now, mm. many of these things that came out, people did not notice it until Muslims started burning stuff and being angry. And now I'm not going to um, you know, try and justify all of these or to, to give these uh, actions context, but the fact is a lot of non-Muslims out there would not have known that some guy wrote a book about some prophet or something unless had they had seen the burnings and the violence and the actions and the fatwas and all and this is part of that yep uh, look i agree with that but i'm i'm just saying you have to be able to distinguish between otherwise what we're saying is we have to ignore every single time and if it's not that i think that's not the right approach we should be able to distinguish and say look this one needs a response and it's a strong response in this manner and this other this other one we should just ignore it and it's not worth our time we need to be able to do those have that sort of uh, you know distinguishing approach Jazakumullah khairan. Thank you very much, bro. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, and uh, I say this with, with real genuine dis- disfortune, regret. Disfortune, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, we have come to the end of our show. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.